no. up here in a minute. Oh, yeah. yeah, there it goes. <laughs> Welcome everyone to the Roughneck to Real Estate Podcast. We've got the lovely Kristen Gerst with us today and our fearless leader, the motherfucker of mobile homes, Corey Thompson. Here's our theme song and then we're going to jump right into it. He's the motherfucker. We don't get to hear the theme. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. So we've already had an interesting conversation this morning about brothels and all kinds of stuff. Kristen's really been in some uh, rugged areas. She's a true real estate entrepreneur. So these guys are going to take yeah. it away. These guys are going to take it away and uh, listen up, y'all. Uh, most people don't know this about me, but when I got started, I loved a cheap house. And uh, the first thing I ever bought was an eight unit apartment building about two blocks from the intersection of Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. So that was the roughest thing I ever bought. Um, but yeah, we were just talking about the uh, brothel that I bought because he goes, oh yeah, we just found a heroin needle. I'm like, dude, that's nothing. I'm like, we found bags of drugs all over the place. Um, and it was like a transvestite boarding house. And it was originally a three bedroom, one and a half bath. Um, two-story house and they took it to a 10-room boarding house that had locks like for padlocks on the outside of the door it was great scary look, crap look, great. look i just pulled up to our mobile home park in fort worth we took this thing over april-ish and we've been pulling the old 70 models trailers out and putting new ones in and we've got one coming in today hopefully it's been i've heard that every day for three weeks now but long story short this fucking crazy lady over here. We we put we put in new homes, and this bitch she took it like didn't pay no rent, like moved in, made it through all of our background checks, and then was like wanting to drive rent, wanting to know where our office was so she could drive rent to us. And we're like, no, you got to pay online. <laughs> then we we pay the water bill here. Last month we get a four thousand dollar water bill because we're in the eviction process. It takes forever out here in Fort Worth. We're just you're just waiting to get on the docket the whole time and we get a water bill it's four thousand dollars she took her hose off of the washing machine shoved it into the drain in the washing machine turned it on wide open and <gasps> just let it run i'm talking like if i i don't know man i like we were we had plumbers underneath the house i was going to cut all the lines everywhere but she still had one day left to appeal so we were like no nah, we're going to wait and then she didn't appeal even though she was threatening to appeal so what we didn't want to do, but if she would have appealed, we would have cut all the water lines underneath the house and left her with no water. The water would have been on, but she would have had no water, and we'd have just been like, "Fuck it, somebody do something to it." Do because you? Uh, what, what's the recourse you have for a four thousand dollar water bill? We don't. I don't know. Like I, we, I reached out to people on Facebook. I've never had that happen, but I, like it. So what we're gonna do now for this park is we're gonna get an independent company to come out and put in submeters, and we're gonna bill the water back to them because. 
you can't take a four thousand dollar hit where your water bill is normally a thousand dollars. Yeah. If you put a four thousand dollar water bill on your books and you go get an appraisal, they're gonna look and they're gonna they're gonna take that average. I mean, she she probably affected the value of the property by maybe forty, fifty, sixty thousand dollars just yeah. by just by running that water like that. So and we're and we're about to refi this onto a bank loan. Now I don't think it'll affect us because we have a lot of equity. One of the good things about pulling up here this morning was the property right across the street. We're we're inside the 820 loop. We're right here on Azel Avenue, and the property across the street they built um, apartments and they built apartments down for us. And now directly across the street, they this place just sold and they're clearing the trees. So I don't know if it's going to be a Walmart. I don't know if it's going to be another apartment complex. I have no idea what's going up across the street. But industrial waste, industrial waste, but you know, facility. <laughs> I, hope I hope not. There's a school right next to it. So we're like right across from the school. We bought this place for $330,000 and that included a, a $40,000 assignment to a wholesaler. So we're really excited about it. We've put probably maybe 200,000 into it. Maybe. I don't think we've put that much. How, like, how long have you been working on the project? Uh, we bought it in April, but we didn't start working on it till several months later. We were kind of, you know, we, we didn't know if we were going to remodel the houses that were here or if we were going to move new ones in. The city was really accepted to us moving new ones in. So we just moved a whole bunch of new ones in, not new, they're, they're 2000 models or better, but yeah. one of them we paid $6,000 for and we've got it rented for a thousand bucks a month. So that's I mean, pretty amazing. That's great. Like, that's awesome. Like that it's like, okay, you know, we there's some equity here. We this property will probably probably appraise for 1.4 million uh, when we're done with it because of the the cash flow that it'll create. Um, how how many how many houses are on it? It's well okay. So it's got 15 units, 15 units. But there's a duplex, a regular house, and then a bunch of mobile homes. Some of them are really old, and then there's like one that's about the size of an RV up here for, up front. The cool thing about the Texas legislator is they passed a law last session, not this September, but September before, that basically if we want to shit can every house here, we are protected that we can put in the same dimension house. So what sucks is some of these are 12 wide. So right. the, the city right. could say, okay, you, you, you know, they can't block me from putting one in no matter what the setbacks or easements are in today's world. Like if I've got one setting out in the fucking alleyway or whatever, I can still move one in in that exact spot, but they can hold me to make it the same dimension. That made me worried because there's one up here. I mean, I don't, I don't even know. Like it might be 20 feet long. It looks like an RV wrapped in vinyl siding. I don't know what's going on in there, but the dude's lived there since 2002. So we're just going to let him rock on. He's got a brand new Dodge. He well, like just let him, I know. I mean, if, like, if he's paying, if he's paying, I mean, you know, it's not broke. Don't fix it. No. So, yeah. Oh yeah, absolutely. So what kind of interest rate are you getting on something like that? Um, it's got to be like, kind of high. No, it's a six and a quarter, six ah, and a half, not bad. Year am. That's not bad at all. No, like it, the, the cool thing about it is once you find a bank, a, a bank to roll with you that will finance you, it's kind of, you know, they're asset-based lenders. They want to look at the underlying asset, but um, it has more to do with your track record when you're dealing with a small bank. You know right. that. I mean, you work. Yeah, no, I do. I do. But you still have to find the right bank. I mean, you know, I buy I buy mortgage notes and there are not very many banks who even understand that or want to deal with that. You know, it's it's easy to get like a first lien deed of trust against a piece of real property. But what I do is I give an assignment of collateral, you know, 
And they hear, you know, even bankers hear that and they're like, I'm not sure how that one's going to work. So. So you leverage, you leverage against your deeds of trust. Like, so you go out with your money, you buy, and then you leverage against them. Because, you know, this is something we learned early on whenever we went to the bank for a loan and they're like, what collateral do you got? And we put up all of our houses and we had one note at the time. And they're like, what about that note? Do y'all want to put, throw it in there? And we're like, uh, we can do that. They're like, oh yeah, absolutely. So we threw it in there too. And I don't, I don't. If we went back and analyzed that deal, we probably gave them a lot of collateral for a little bit of money. You know what right. I mean? But right. at the time, you're we, like, oh, we need it, and it'll be great. But still, when you when you when you go back and look at your numbers, um, this is why I love using other people's money. Your returns become infinite. So once you have, you know, once you've created something, and the only money you have into that deal is other people's money, and you are just making money off the top your returns become infinite. Um, you know, people are always like, what's my return on investment? I'm like, I shoot for that, like, you know, 5,000% or, you know, infinity sign. So. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. we're the same way. We're the same way. We bought a mobile home park. Um, I don't even know if I want to talk about it, but anyways, we're, we're pulling $350,000 in equity out. It's the loan closes next week. That's why I don't want to talk about it until. <laughs> until it's done. Until you know it's I mean? done and you're not, you know, crying. Right. So, so, but we, we're going to crying in your nat light or whatever the hell you drink over there at the trailer park. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, you know, we, we, when we make that equity pool, we're going to take that money and put it directly into an apartment complex that we just bought in Coleman that we bought a 32 unit apartment complex for $280,000. Where, 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 where is Coleman before I like get on and Google that? South of Abilene. South of Abilene. Okay. Okay. So, so how, we, how big we, is Coleman? Is it big? 4,500 people. Wow. So what's the occupancy rate of that thing? It was, uh, there was three, four people living in there in 32 units, but but all the copper and all the plumbing was there. It's like all the ACs were there. I mean, that's better than I can say for South or East Dallas. (laughs) Dude, it, it, we're looking at about a $300,000 rehab. That's new roofs and everything. Yeah. And it's, this thing's gross rents will be $19,000 a month. We'll pay the water bill. Um, I mean, it's going to, it's going to, it's probably going to be a $1.3 million asset when we're said, when it all is said and done at a 10 or 11 cap. And the, the, the thing that people don't get about that is you can't go to Coleman, Texas right now, break ground, buy land, break ground, hire contractors and build $600 a month rent. You can't. No, 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 no. No. And you can't can't do do that. Most places. The only the only way you could do that is by by rehabbing. And I mean, I'm I'm rehabbing older like older condos right now. Um, so I know, but but hell, I mean, I'm shocked at how high rehab costs have gotten. I'm waiting for a little bit of a, a market reset here in about six to twelve months. So well, I'd like I, to. People go ahead. get nervous whenever I tell them that we're going into a town with 4,500 people. They're like, "What's the job center? What's this? What's that?" And I'm like, "Here's the deal." The county courthouse is there, okay? The town is energized and ready to make moves. They're ready. They're, they're, they got a winery going in. There's all those little things, right? But here's the big thing. When, if, if you get assigned to work in Coleman right now, they say, Christian, you got to go to Coleman and you got to work. Are you buying a house? Me, personally? Yeah. Um, are you what? buying a house in Coleman, <laughs> Texas? Like, are you going, I'm going to live here for the rest of my life. No. Um, but even if I don't live there for the rest of my life, I'll probably go buy a house anyways. But I buy houses, so I buy houses. I, I, you know, I'm the wrong person to ask that question to. And I mean, who are you? 
who are you sending to Coleman, Texas? I mean, 4,500 people. How many, how close is the next town? Uh, Abilene's an hour away. Brownwood's 30 minutes away. Brownwood's about 20,000 people. Wow. Um, and then Abilene's, I guess, 100,000 or so. I don't really know. I don't, I don't I have a good, but the thing about, the, the thing about any small town, because I grew up in a small town, like you can't, you can't replicate good property management. Everybody's no. a slumlord. Everybody's a slumlord. Um, people still need a place to live, and you've got our exposure is 32 people. So what are the chances that the town of Coleman? You can't build another apartment complex to compete with me because you can't get my rent as low. You can't you can't come in and start remodeling houses and compete with me other than you got a backyard and a little bit more space. So. If I'm sitting here and I'm looking at it, and I know that I'm a nurse or I'm I'm a fireman or I'm whatever, and I get, and I move there to work, I know I'm gonna live in an apartment complex for two to three years while I fill this out and figure out what Coleman is and if I want to be there. Because there's a waiting list in our hometown at every apartment complex there is. Every in your in your hometown, your personal hometown. Yes, where there's where, where are you people. from? Grosbeck, Texas. Oh, Grosbeck. I think I remember that. <laughs> Sorry, that that was an inside joke for same, happy hour. It's the same model that you got with owner finance. You can't you can't replicate like if 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 you're gonna go out and sell houses in any anywhere anywhere in the world, like whether it's Dallas, Fort Worth or whatever, you're gonna have way more qualified buyers for owner finance than you are for a conventional mortgage. Okay? Oh, the regulations are too tight. It's the same way in small towns, it's the same way everywhere. You, you've got that advantage because you've got more buyers in the market. In a small town, I've got way more renters than buyers because people like you don't come out there and do owner finance. You know what I mean? If I said, hey, we in this in this package, when we bought this, this house, we bought 36 houses, 36 houses with this apartment complex. You know what we paid for the houses? All of them? $197,000. For all 36? For That's... all 36. We're going to pay for them. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I mean, that's amazing. So, but how how beat up are those houses? They're a little bit beat up, but five of them are rented, and I only have to owner finance them for what fourteen thousand dollars to double my money. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, it's the same principle you got. I got other people's money buying it. Yeah. They will let me wrap that mortgage. I don't have to take a down payment because they can go in and put their sweat equity into it. I can just qualify and make sure they got the money to go fix it. And I can get back a better asset if it ever if it ever goes south on me. Plus, uh, that's debatable. That is debatable. I, I, and I've got five. Doesn't always work that way. Well, I, I just when I'm underwriting and I'm going, dude, if I can't owner finance a house for fifteen thousand bucks, I don't need to be in this business. You know what uh, I mean? Like, no, anybody can owner finance a house for fifteen thousand. Is that what you're doing? That's what we're gonna do. That's what we're gonna do. We're owner financing the top half of them for anywhere from thirty to sixty, and the bottom half. We're gonna we're gonna give like certain people certain houses when they buy one we're gonna give them two we're gonna be like hey you get this one too just to get the mowing and the taxes off of us right so we're and and you know we're targeting the yeah how how bad are the liens on these things are there mowing and tax liens on these things nope none because they none. don't have code enforcement no. oh really we bought them we bought them with title insurance everything's everything's clear everything's ready to go so we're gonna donate a portion. We're gonna underfinance a portion, and we're gonna we're gonna burn down a couple with the city. We've already got them lined up to do that, so they're gonna run some grills on them. So we're gonna do some marketing out of you're it. Gonna, you're gonna burn some of them down. Yeah, the city the city wants to run drills on them with their fire department. 
Really? So they're going to pay you? No, no. We're just we we got we got equity there. We're just going to donate them to the city, get the tax write off, and let them burn them down. And we're going to do the videos. We're going to have all the, the cameras. We're going to do it and and use it for marketing. Yeah. No, that's pretty awesome. This is, yeah, this that's is, fun. This is the shit that I don't know. Like I feel like people like years ago when I would talk about doing something or whatever, they'd be like, "There's no way this motherfucker's going to do that." And then slowly but surely, it was like, "Holy shit." They are straight up buying mobile home parks. You know what I mean? They are yeah. like, it, it's it's crazy the things that whenever we, we were projecting forward and looking at where we could make money, it, you know, we weren't going to let this deal in, in Coleman pass, pass us by. We had to figure out something to do with the houses to be able to buy the apartment complex. We end up with, you know, seven eight $800,000 worth of equity on our books in the apartment complex and be able to access some of it to do the next deal. So why not? Why not take on these houses? and figure something else with them. So it's like, what all can we do with them? We can burn them. We can give them away um, to churches and stuff and get the tax benefits. And we can owner finance a majority of them and get our note covered. So we have the skill set to do it. Let's go do it. Let's go lot yeah. shit on fire. Let's do some marketing. So Let's one of the things we're doing. on fire. We're, we're, one of the things we're doing, we've hired Pat Hilton and Travion to do a documentary. Um, that's why I got this little deal on right here. So I've got a bunch of cameras and we're going to, we're going to kind of film this whole process start to finish. And the city is going to give us about $300,000 as a hard money loan kind of yeah. um, to, to do the remodel. So that we're is this, awesome. We're in this. We're and in I'm this assuming, I'm assuming that's at a really good rate. It should be. It, right. Well, we offered them 12% because we don't care. You know what I mean? 12%. You got it for 12%. We offered it to them. We're like, hey, we went before the committee last week. I need to post that video in the in the Roughneck Real Estate group of me talking to the committee because I'm sitting there talking about crystal methany and stuff with this, all these city people in Coleman, and I think people think this stuff is difficult. You know what I mean? It's not. It's not difficult. Just go up there and tell them. Well, it's not difficult, but what's the what's the travel time between Dallas and Coleman? Three hours, maybe. Yeah, three hours. I mean, that's 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 the you know major issue. I mean, that would be like just logistics wise for me. I mean, how far, I mean, how far from Dallas do you live? Cause I see you all the time. So two hours. So you're two hours. So you just come into Dallas all the time. So it's an hour for you from wherever this is at. Well, Middle. two and a half hours. It's two and a half hours. Cause it, it's West, but it, I mean, I drive the whole state. We have a mobile home park in Amarillo. We have a mobile home park in Harlingen, which is down by South Padre Island. We have one in Pecos. You know, uh, well, you got, I'm on my iPhone. We manage all of it with an iPhone app. We have a staff of four people in the office that manage it, that, that run the whole, the whole deal. Um, it remote managing just blew our business up. That's why I went from sub to, you know, with Scott Horn and all of that. I was like, man, scaling this is really difficult for me. I, because, yeah. Cause you know, I used to do, I used to do sub two with Scott. Like we had like three companies together. And, um, man, I hated that stuff. I just, I did. It was like, you, you know, you're, you're not in control. You're picking up these properties, wrapping them, you know, the buyers that you, or the sellers that you bought the stuff from and you're wrapping their loans are pissed all the time. Um, yeah, I, I freaking, and you can't, you know, especially once the market started getting better then you know, these sub twos are drying up and it's like, you can't scale this to any realistic amount though well, well what you end up with is you end up with a bunch of money parked in them that's the part that i didn't like I was you like, get what you know, 
you get a little with money parked in them, just a little bit of money parked in every one. Well, that's why I, that's, I, I mean, that's why I started Capricorn. So I would buy that stuff. And I mean, right. I created, I mean, literally created it because I'm like, I hate these sub twos. I hate anything with an underlying lean on it. I want to figure out a way to sell this stuff. Um, you know, and how do I do it and scale this business, you know, so that it's a million dollar business every year. Um, and, you know, I take a very small chunk, but, you know, when you're buying, I can, you know, people can afford to sell me their wraps to get rid of an awful sub two property and make a little bit of money if I'm going to pay somewhere like 90 or 92%. So. Well, we we got one in Cleveland. We want you to look at. We just don't know the we don't we don't know the process. Um, we we you know, it's it's appreciated through the roof. Um, we don't yeah. have any money. Oh my god! That's, totally send that to me. So I yeah, mean, yeah, I'll look at it. You know, I'm gonna give you the best deal. I know you guys. Well, no, I, um, I know that, but but we just want to get rid of it because it's a really good. The buyer pays. He's out of New York. He pays every month. Um, and it's something that I think we'll pick up about ten thousand. But it's you know we don't have any money in it. So it's like, and then it frees us up from having a service because it's only paying us about 80 bucks a month right now. It, well, sense? and that's the crazy thing. You know, you're getting only 80 bucks a month. You might have, yeah, five, 10 grand sitting there. Um, but it's more of a headache of just dealing oh, with no, yeah. it ain't, the underlying it ain't lead and then making sure that the escrows are paid. And then all of a sudden, you know, you miss a couple months of like the escrows or something, or you didn't get the statement. And then now you're making a payment for, you know, to catch right. it up, it is, or, yeah, or, I, I, I just hate that stuff. Um, you got it on auto draft and the bank drafts two fucking payments and you're right. like, what the fuck just happened? Right. And you can't call them and bitch at them cause you're not fucking Susie. You cause know what you're I mean? like, not, cause you're not on that mortgage. <laughs> yeah. You have no, I mean, and I've called, you know, cause I'll have like their personal information and I'll be like, no, I miss it. So-and-so. And this is, you know, this is my social security number and birthday, but Hey, Jesus, I mean, it, to have to go through that every time, I'm like, I just don't want to deal with that stuff anymore. Well, it, so I, I tell everybody, sell your wraps. Sell your wraps and have notes that are debt-free. If you have notes that are sitting there with no debt on them, that's, you know, that's the way to live, especially going into this next year because we're going to hit a downturn. And, I mean, when I hit the downturn, you know, a decade ago in 08, Oh my gosh, my balance sheet was so debt heavy, like my personal credit debt issue, you know, because I had 61 doors, all rented section eight. So I was fine there. But the amount of personal loans in my own credit that were on my credit report, and after 08, all of those regulations changed. And so you look at my credit report, and I was toxic. You know, they're like, uh, you you know, you need to pay off some of these mortgages or you're never going to get another loan ever. So, uh, oh, did you yeah. get any notes called during the downturn? Cause that's like, that's, single one. That, that's the big boogeyman that everybody keeps talking about. They're like, man, y'all aren't worried about your notes getting called. You know, what about, so, what about in five years when it comes time to re-am or whatever? I'm like, Oh, hell no. Hell no. Uh, so, so people, people are really freaked out about that. I mean, in, in the course of the last decade, I probably, I don't, I don't even know how many I originated hundreds, hundreds. Cause I was doing it for myself. I was doing it for lots of other investors, um, started JVing with people, teaching them how to do it. Yada, yada, yada. I mean, a ton. I have never personally had a note called. I have only known of one. And that was because the seller who had his, his 
note wrapped, went into Wells Fargo and insisted that they give him a payoff letter because he had sold the house and he wanted it removed. You know, and so they ended up saving that deal. But when you're, you know, for me, I, I can tell you they don't care. Bank of America called me up one time and I had wrapped it maybe two years earlier and they said, hi, this is so-and-so from Bank of America. I'm calling you in regards to this loan. And I'm like, okay, here we go. It's the first one. And, and I just explained to him what I did. And the guy goes, well, you know, we've got a new investor. And so we noticed that you no longer own this house. Are you going to keep making the payments? And I said, yeah, I'm going to keep making the payments. Just says I've always done. They were like, thank you. That's all we needed to know. Hung up. Last I ever heard from them about it. Well, we've got, we've got two sellers right now in our sub two portfolio. Um, they, they reemerge every three or four months to follow up and find out when, when are, when are you going to reap the hands? When's your buyer yeah. going to reap the hands? Yeah. And it no, just doesn't they happen. They don't even ask that. They're like, they're, one, one of them's so dumb. She just asked for her house back. She's like, can I get my house back? I'm like, yeah, no. I had one, then, I had one sub two guy and this was with Scott. And it, I mean, this one drove me nuts. This guy hired a realtor back to listing agreement and stuck a for sale sign in in the front of like this buyer's house it you know and all of a sudden we're getting calls from you know from the homeowner you know who we own or finance it to and she's like somebody just put a, a, a for sale sign in my house i'm like give me the number you know and i had to call this realtor and go hey uh you might want to check out uh ownership records on this because the guy who hired you doesn't own that house um I really think that this is a, maybe violating your uh, license agreement with the state. You get in pretty big trouble. I mean, she had that sign out of there within a few minutes. But the fact is, that house went on MLS. It got listed on MLS. You know. That's crazy. That's like that's the. But kind that's of stuff the shit that happens. Stuff that happens with these sub tubes, You know, because they're so they're just like, oh, I want my house back. It's worth now. You know, it's worth a hundred thousand dollars more than what I sold it for. And it's still on my credit, so I own it. And I'm like, no, you don't. Warranty deed will show who owns it. A deed of trust will show who owes money on it. So this is, yeah, oh yeah. Like I, like it was pretty quick after. I mean, I still, I still take down sub twos. I mean, if 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 it's got a lot of equity there, and I know I can sell it to somebody like you down the road, or I can put it in as a rental because it's there in my local market, and I can get to it and touch it, and I'll, you know, I'll do it. Um, it's not a bad strategy. What I don't like now is giving up necessarily giving up control of it. Um, with any, with any sort of expectations of that mortgage ever doing anything other than being paid off. Now, before, whenever I would go in and explain to my seller, I'd be like, Hey, look, you know, we're going to build your credit back up. Nobody owns a house more than five years. You know, they're going to sell it or refinance. They don't want to be in that interest rate. I don't even talk about that no more. I'm like, look, here's the deal. You owe 26 fucking years. We're married to this for 26 years. If you want it back down the road, when we foreclose on it from the end buyer, we will hand it back over to you. So we got a guy that's upset about about you know he wants he wants that house. He's he's uh he lives in Colorado now. The house is in Colleen, and we're taking the house back. We get it back in December, and I'm just gonna be like, all right, bro, here's the fucking keys. You know what I mean? Like take it back. And we've got sixteen thousand dollars tied up in that house so far. Oh. So it's just a $16,000 write-off for us. 
the the hold on the constables here. Um, I'm doing a podcast. How's it going? Oh, podcast. Yes, sir. <laughs> With my little, my little camera on. We got a we got the first constable appearance on the Roughneck Real Estate Podcast. Um, the 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 guy with the the locksmith supposed to be here at ten. So. Yeah, I told him I was gonna check check a few windows and see. Okay, and we've got a hammer. We can knock the door. I mean, I bought a new doorknob, so we can knock the. Yeah, well, we'll just however wait. you guys want to do it, I, I don't care. But we'll check a window first. Okay, well that's fine. <laughs> okay, I gotta I gotta get I gotta get DJ over here. We got the constable running around. Here. This constable is so badass. We've done we had to evict all the crackheads out of this park, right? So, like, this dude jumped through a fucking window for us. Like, he just goes over there, pries the window open, and bails through the window and comes through the front door. I'm like, bro. The constable does? I went through the window on the back. So let me go get DJ right quick. But, you know, on these mortgages, whenever I'm whenever I'm doing a sub two now, it's it's just straight up. Me and I, you, you know what? I love the fact there. that you are straight up and you just tell them that because that was, you know, when I started doing those, you know, you know, Scott Horn's like, okay, yeah, you know, there are so many things that could happen here. Uh, they will probably refinance in the next, you know, 12 months once we get their credit up. That does not happen. It just doesn't happen. And I hate hearing people sell people that line and people are still saying it. And I'm like, do you know how many people I've seen refinance? Like three. So, I mean, it is, it's a low, low number. How many have paid it off? I've had one guy pay off a loan. Like work extra hard and pay it off. Um, but as I tell people, you know, I'm another exit strategy. So when you're talking to, you know, subject twos, it makes it a lot easier to pick them up going, all right, this is what I do. I'm going to get your house. I'm going to fix it up a little bit. I'm going to put somebody into it after they make six on time payments. Um, I've got a chick who buys it and then your loan is paid off and we go down the road. Yes. Yes. And I've, and I've told him about that option. I got old DJ coming up. He done. He done. He done worked up a lathered sweat. <laughs> get you. Get him in on camera. And talk to. I'm talking to my new girlfriend. What's up? Oh. Yeah. You need to go over there to the constable. He's. He's got some questions for you. He's, for a, he's a unit eight. Okay. Is that your new girlfriend? Yeah, that's my new girlfriend. Hi. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Hello. You're on a podcast. Pat, what do you think about this podcast? These podcasts in the field might be the way to go from now on. Just, Man, I'll tell you what. You, this what is by life? far the realest podcast on the internet. I, by far the realest. <laughs> how, how are you? It means, it means it gets I'm good. Over there to that, that how, I'm good. It sounds great. Question. It's good info, too. He, uh, he just came over like that, that neighbor from... Uh, Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah, from you Full know, House, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. For, like you can only barely see him I'm over like, the fence. I, know. <laughs> I, I want to make DJ a big part of the podcast where he comes on and we're like, I, I got it, Kristen, teach DJ something. He's He's got a full semester left of high school. Let's see if you can get him. If you can teach DJ something about real estate, you're, you're a really good teacher. Because kids... <laughs> Did you imagine what, like, I remember when Wait, I was Wait a minute, cars. if I could teach him something about real estate, I'm a really good teacher because the boy can't learn? No, no, it's not that. It's not that. I remember when I started selling cars, I was 17, and the the sales manager asked me, he said, well, how much equity do they have in the car? And I was like, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> definitely. You know what I mean? Had no idea what that word meant. No idea. Didn't, and we didn't have Google, so we couldn't figure it out. You know what I mean? It's just like, I don't know what that word means. 
I don't know what he just asked me. Um, I have no idea what's going on here. You know what I mean? And yeah. that's, that's like at 18, there's, you know, everything, but you really like the constable's already jumped through the window. Like I'm, I'm going to flip this fucking camera around. Look, we got on the roughneck real estate podcast. Um, uh, well, I'm just going to turn it around. Look, there's old DJ. He's looking through the window. The constable's done jump through. There he is. He's ready to go. How how long did it take you? What what was the whole turnaround time to like foreclose off of that that mobile home? For what? The to get this eviction done? Yeah. Or, yeah. The uh, the evictions in Fort Worth take a little longer. Um, it takes you'll you'll lose two months rent if somebody the the, the rent's due on the fifth on the sixth they're getting evicted. The process has started and we don't stop it until they pay. And we hit them with all their late fees, the ten dollars a day, everything. Now a lot of people catch up, but we don't we don't stop the eviction process until they catch up. I've had really, really good luck, really good luck on getting getting um you know, these turned around. Normally after we run them through a, a background check and stuff like that, we don't have the issues that that we have. Okay. You crawl through the window? That's what I was just telling everybody. What what's it look like in there, DJ? Okay. Well. Okay. Go get your go get your black bags and, and bring them over here and start bagging up that trash. Uh, there's some more help coming to help you load the rest of that stuff. But once you get that trash out, this man can go be with his family. I'm good. You're good. I don't even have to be here for this. Okay. Cool. I'll just hang out for a minute. Appreciate it. Sweet. I appreciate you doing that. Was the water running on the on the washing machine still? Go check the water water on the washing machine. This lady put a hose, took the water off the washing machine, stuck it down in the drain, and turned it on. We got a four thousand dollar water bill. I, I've never had that happen. No, no. Some of these people, they know what they're doing. Yeah. I. Anyways, but she's the the lady across the street's gonna be the cleaning for us. You know what they do on the the Cuban headphones now? What they do? They take a Walmart sack, put it over the end of it, so they close the door. Pull that Walmart sack out, block, throw that keyless deadbolt so you can't get in. Dude. I've seen that a few times now. <laughs> That's, oh my God. It's smart if you think about it. It is pretty smart, but like, I've never had, to, I've never experienced anything like this. We were, we were like, can we legally turn the water off? And everybody's like, no, you can't. And I'm like, okay, well, we can go underneath this house and disconnect it from everywhere that it goes. <laughs> like, it's not turned off. The valve's on. We don't know why there's no water. Right. Like, you know, I don't get all this law. I believe you own a property within reason. You should be able to tell this person, hey, you're no longer paying rent. Get out now. Right. You know, unfortunately, I think crooked landlords have they, set this up so it's like it is. Right. And now it makes it hard on the good ones. Was it running? No? Good. My chief approached this in Friday, and he told her he could he'd come out here Sunday after he'll kick her ass out if she went down the Okay. No, she did. She came over and told the neighbors by. They called me. So, but well, I appreciate y'all's time. I'm gonna finish this podcast. Jacob, I'm I'm uh I'm live on the scene, Pat. You should have filled in for me while I was out, man. You should have hit the mute button. Started started beat started bebopping. I got DJ sitting there staring at me like he can't find a contractor. You guys are killing it. This is the real time action. This is what I like about. <laughs> this is what I like about having it mobile with Skype. 
is that you can actually still do your job and do the show at the same time. So people can literally see you in the field. I think that gives it a different, uh, a different perspective. Yeah. Uh, um, Gabriel. So you deal with all this stuff too then, Kristen, right? No, no, I do not. Yeah, no, I, I, I do not deal with this. This is, uh, yeah, this isn't a past life. And I definitely, I hate evictions. Although, did you, did you ever hear my best eviction story? Tell it. Go ahead. All right. So, um, this is the guy. Um, so he shows up and I usually only rented to section eight tenants because I wanted that guaranteed check from the government. Didn't want to mess around with it. And so this guy, you know, he goes, well, okay, yeah, I'm going to come check out the house. I'm like, all right. So he drives up, pulls up in front, gets out, and goes, well, I don't have Section 8, but I do have disability. And I'm like, hmm, what are you disabled for? And he goes, I'm legally blind. And so this guy just drove up, right? And I'm like, so obviously con man, which is your first red flag. If If you think that you're going to get one over on the con man, you're not, and walk away, right? So I said, well, okay, well, it's a government check, so we'll take that, right? He can pay his rent. So fast forward, he loses his disability because he got too many speeding tickets driving around. So they figured, yeah. So this idiot is like dumbest criminal on earth. He starts speeding around town and I, I watched him myself I'm like Jesus Christ blind man and he's like doing like you know 60 down a residential neighborhood road so uh, <laughs> I finally after a couple months I'm like all right I'm, I'm done with this his girlfriend too worked in the mortgage department at Bank of America here in Dallas so I'm like this is gonna be a good one so I'm writing emails with her back and forth I give him a couple months try to try to catch up after he's lost his dis- disability and I'm finally like, y'all, this is done, right? And so I evict them. She shows up at court, dark glasses, the cane, girlfriend on his arm, and I'm sitting up there like the blonde, awful, mean landlord. <laughs> and I'm just human, right? My blood is boiling. And I'm just so pissed. And I'm like, and I'm just talking myself down. I'm like, just not worth it, not worth it. Just stand there, smile speak when spoken to. So comes up, judge goes, judge goes, you know, do you have anything, you know, do you have anything? I go, well, I've been, you know, sending emails back and forth. It was some question about why I was suing for eviction on her instead of him. And I said, well, she's the one I communicate with all the time. And I had like 20 pages of emails printed out. And so I, and she goes, oh, can I see those? I said, sure, judge, no problem. I hand them to her. And I kid you not, dumbest criminal ever. She starts looking at him and he goes, Judge, could I see those? Lifts up his glasses and like takes it from her and starts reading the emails. And the judge then was so angry that the judge was just like, boom, case dismissed. <laughs> what? It was. I, I'm like, I've never seen anything like it. I'm like, I'm wow. like, wow. Awesome. And I looked awesome at the end instead of like a, Douchebag landlord. <laughs> we, we learned about Eastopples on this property right here. Daniel Chad Moore always talks about Eastopples, but we didn't get them when we bought this. You and need them. We, Especially we for had, something like that. I would know. Oh, oh, no, you got to have them. Because Unit 3 here, Unit 3, 
just random dude living there, you know. He's basically a squatter in our mind. Wasn't on yeah. any paperwork, supposed to be a vacant unit, whatever. We're we're trying to figure it out and we're like, Look, dude, you gotta go. So we start evicting him. It takes forever to get in front of the judge. He goes in there with a contract from the previous owner that says he can be there um, because he does the maintenance or something. And the judge was like, the judge threw out our eviction because we gave him a 30-day notice. And since he had a contract with the previous owner, we should have gave him a three-day notice. I'm like, 30 is more than fucking three. Yeah, I can't believe that. So we had to we had to then resubmit a three a three day notice, get back on the docket, go before and do it all over again. Then this knucklehead shows up and fights it again, goes through the appeal process. It was like uh, total time was probably four months to get that eviction done. Wow! But an absolute fucking idiot. And then when we did the eviction, all we did was like the day that we did the set out, the mobile home mover came and hauled the fucking whole house off. We're just like, <gasps> get it the fuck out of here because. Because we wanted to get rid of that house and put a new one in. That was the whole deal. Right, so, right. Our mistake on that was. So where where did you where did they haul it to? Where did you did you sell it to somebody else? No, I've got it at a place in Grosbeck, and so we bought a little shitty mobile home park out in Lampasas, that's out in the country, and we're gonna take we're gonna take some of these houses that aren't up to this standard. We're gonna set them in that shitty mobile home park, owner finance them out, and just just get four hundred dollars a month lot rent. So. Or four, I think we're going to do 450 or 500. I don't remember, but we're going to include some bills in that. And we bought that park. It's it's basically five developed acres with five more that have spaces and septic and all that stuff. So we can put probably 10 or 20 homes in there. But it serves a purpose for us because we have to. We we couldn't get a dump to take these houses. It right. would cost us five thousand dollars to tear them down. It cost us two thousand dollars to move them to the country and set them on some land that we already own. And then the damn county tax appraiser came out and got the information off the homes and put them on our fucking taxes because they're sitting out in the middle of a pasture, even though they're not fucking useful. So we're having to go argue with the county tax appraiser and say, hey, look, those homes are not actual structures. You can't fucking put them on our taxes out here in the country. So we had to find a solution to the problem. My solution was haul them out there and burn them. And then this (laughs) whole part came up and it was like, oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, with 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 these I can now drag them to a to a different mobile home park that's I mean it's it's probably the ugliest mobile home park we own. No probably about it. It is. Um, <laughs> there's club foot chickens and shit running around out there. But there's what? Yeah, there's twelve foot chickens? Club foot chickens. Like chickens club with, foot. with oh. like, like you got like a regular chicken hand and then you got like a big ass chicken hand. It's like where did this come from? So gross. Little known, little known fact. I have an irrational fear of birds. Um, Shit like that gives me nightmares. Shit like that gives me nightmares. I, I literally wouldn't be able to go. I see chickens. I don't know. They're awful. I don't want to be near a chicken. This fat ass chicken was chasing me around the property. Like you go in the Redneck Real Estate Group. And see this ugly motherfucker like chase me around. I'm like, get away from me, fancy chicken. Like, I don't want you around me. Probably the only thing worse than like like turkeys. I, I actually have nightmares about turkeys. Like you will see like turkeys on television now. Yeah, they freak the shit out of me. That and uh like big birds, like ostriches. 
I'm like, or emus. I'm like, no, I don't even know what I would do. If that what I was out there with one of those, I'd, I'd absolutely freak out. But you know, people yeah. see me freak out over birds, like geese and stuff. They, they find it funny as shit. Apparently I, I really freak out. So. Hey, DJ, get these guys. Y'all, y'all can go over there and start showing the, showing the trash we're picking up. In this house right here. Give it a flush, see if it'll go. What if it don't flush? Well, and we got a plumber nearby. We'll call Jawad. <laughs> DJ just came over to ask where to take a shit. This might be the best podcast podcast ever. He's now gonna shit in the eviction home. He need he's worried about water. He needs to worry about toilet paper. He's gonna end up with fucking sock in a minute. I would also maybe maybe Lysol it first. I mean. <laughs> First, it was evicted. He's gonna sit down on that thing. I don't think that's the plan. But that sounds like a. That's how long has that place been vacant? Uh, God knows what's on that toilet seat, DJ. His he, mom might be watching. Did. His mom he might be watching and going, "You gave my boy a job and then sent him to like, you know, the E. coli toilet seat." That female safety perspective just kicked in real quick. <laughs> He has an ass rash and he got punched by a clubfoot chicken. <laughs> His ass is completely infected. He has no ass anymore because I let him work for you for what? Probably like extra school credit. <laughs> he is, uh, well, we just hope that ass rash is ass herpes. Like, that'll, having to explain that for the rest of your fucking life. <laughs> the fuck happened here <laughs> uh, i gotta take my i gotta take my once a day to keep that away i know so, exactly you have to go in there with an epi pen like <laughs> right in the heart like pulp fiction <laughs> oh damn <laughs> you buy, you buy mortgages you buy mortgages what are your thanksgiving plans i feel like I feel like we're the only people giving a shit about work um, around the Thanksgiving holidays. Our whole office staff is off, but I like that form. I like the. So I, I'm actually I'm I'm getting out of town and going down to Houston because we have an insane family uh, holiday tradition. Let me talk to you again. Once every two weeks, probably. Once every two weeks. Never have, but she lives right across the street. You ever see no. that guy? Uh huh. But if the Hispanic population lives in the duplex, this unit right here, and unit number five. So, does why does he does he have this listed as an address? No, um, he was staying in some apartments over here. They told me he was hanging out here. Pat, you gonna talk? Oh, actually, unit twelve, unit twelve, the house. Pat's not dancing either. We're just on here, just chatting. Yeah, we'll soon talk about. Everybody pays really good. God knows what. There's there's entertaining folks. You know, we're just having a good time this morning. Okay. Well, if if he's here, we don't want him. Where where, where are you? Uh, San Diego. Let me see him again. San Diego. Yeah. 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 She'll, she'll keep it Very on. nice. When it's freezing yeah. for you guys, it's like uh, 70 here. I had cold. Yeah. It was like. Man, we can come around and do. I can come around and do it. Like, I'm sure. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, so 
Okay. Uh, St. Louis is bitter cold. That's part of the reason why I was like, man, I need sunny weather year round. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's all right. no, I'm the same way. I'm the same way. She right, said it was pretty cold. And that, can, can she talk now, Corey? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, do I borrow mortgage shows? Yes. As soon as I hang up with you, um, well, I've got to run down and look at, I've got three remodels going on that I'm turning into more Airbnbs. Um, my first one, within 12 days and no reviews, was 100% occupied um, for the month of November. And I'm booked all the way through December 16th. So, so how do you do that? Do you pick one, like, just bomb next to Cowboy Stadium or, like... Oh, hell no. <laughs> I don't know. Those are just sketchy down there. So, I, but it's, there's a need for them. Don't get me wrong. Um, but I wanted to go super, like, more high-end. So this first one is next to, like, SMU, uh, North Park Mall, Lower Greenville. And the three that I'm working on right now, um, two are by Scottish Rite. Um hospital they're like walking distance to like oaklawn cedar springs area and then i've got another one that is like eddie v's and albernays in highland park it's literally a block and a half from eddie v's like you just walk walk right down so i wanted stuff that you know you could get you could walk to restaurants, bars, have like a right, great night right. in the city. So it'd be like for you to come in and go, yeah, we're going to have like a weekend in the city. And you don't want me you in know. there. You don't want me in there. The Roughneck crew is rough on stuff. We <laughs> well, don't be rough. Right. Seriously, I made everything super, super nice. So I've got like um, yeah. the bed from the Westons, which are like the number one rated hotel bed. I put those. Yeah, that's what I'm putting in there. So it's the Weston oh. heaven bed. We we came to we came in to party like that one time. We we decided we were going to the stockyards in Fort Worth, and of course we're all rolling with Texas oil money. So we walk in there, and my buddy Trent's like, "Give me a shot of your finest tequila." And like, <laughs> all right, that'll be four hundred bucks. He's like, "Give me a shot of your second finest tequila." And they're like, all right, that's two seventy five. He's like, "How much is Jose Cuervo?" They're like twelve dollars. He's like, "Give me some of that shit." Yeah, that's what I really wanted. So, <laughs> seriously, like, ex this is exactly you know. There are a lot of people who come in from like West Texas, East Texas. They want to come in for an awesome weekend in Dallas. Um, you know, I don't allow parties in these places because they are condos. They're like one bedroom, one bath, two bedroom, two bath. Um, they're easy to pick up, but like the one bedroom, one bath, seven hundred and thirty-two square feet. I put forty grand into that thing to rehab it. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, I mean, it's... That, hey, just 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 so the people on the Roughneck Real Estate Podcast know, can you catch ass herpes from a golden toilet seat? I believe, not from my toilet seats, but yes. That's, yes. I'm, if I'm, it is I'm, not ass herpes, I mean, you literally gave a 17-year-old kid ass herpes. <laughs> He's 18, but... but <laughs> But if you got so he's eighteen. Ooh, I'm sorry. I mean, that's okay, man. <laughs> what? How much was the toilet in this place? Like, does it? Well, does it have a butthole sprayer? Have you seen my? No, sprayer? I know what you're talking it's about. I know what you're talking about. No, 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 no. Well, no, there. I, I mean, can't. it's super nice, but I mean, everything is just yeah. It just made everything super nice. But like, so after I'm here, I'm gonna run down and check out some rehab like how they're going and make sure the work is good, and then I am. Uh, I've got like, I don't know, six notes 
that I've got to do contracts for. So awesome. getting those going, they've already, I've already got front, I've got agreements on front and back. So I just have to put them together. I'm trying to close them next Friday, Thursday, Friday. So we can get really technical on that. So you do like a transfer of a deed of trust or do you, do you get a lien release and now you're in first lien position? How does that? Oh, oh no, 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 no. I, I do not buy any property whatsoever. I do not buy real no. property. I buy the piece of paper. I buy the note and the deed of trust. Um, okay. So what you get is what's recorded as an assignment of deed of trust. Um, and then you also need the note, the original note with blue ink signatures. And then you get something called an allonge. Um, and those are the documents. Your assignment of deed of trust and your allonge are what you okay. need to do a note sale. Now, let's just let's just talk hypothetically on the back side. We'll bring the people some value, and then I'm going to get back to my butthole sprayer story. <laughs> so if 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 I'm if my buddy's in first lien position on a property, okay, yeah. so he's in first lien position, and I got a screwy contractor, and he comes in, he's like blah blah blah, we get in a fight, and then he gets a judgment against me attached to the property. Okay, yes. I can then purchase my buddy's first lien position correct do what yes do, and get the assignment of the deed of trust and then foreclose yes. and wipe out my asshole contractor nope uh can't do that well if you foreclosed you could so right. so if you so purchase that first lien deed of trust foreclosed on whoever that is who is that I'd, I'd you're gonna foreclose on, on yourself yes. you're gonna foreclose on yourself and take the contractor out because see i think this is very important for people to understand they're doing properties if you've got first lien position now i'm not saying go screw contractors over but i've got a friend she reached out to me she's like me and this contractor are fighting i'm like look you do whatever you want okay you're going to owner finance that house it's not going to affect like all these your 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 punch out list isn't going to keep that house from selling it's a remodeled house that's going owner finance it's going to sell you already have borrowed more from the bank than what you got in it. You're good, okay? But if you want to learn how to fight with a contractor, I'm down. Like, I'm down like four flat tires. Let's go. Here's what you do. Like, he he, he, he has to get a judgment first. He can't just put a mechanics lien on your shit. It'll go away in a year. Yada, yada, yada. I start walking her through the process. So, and, and so that's the important thing to know about that. I mean, you're he, it's going to go away anyways. I mean, he can't. He's got to go in and refile that judgment. Nine times out of ten, if they're just being a jerk, they're threatening that. Um, well, if they have a legitimate the claim against you, they'll go fight it. Um, but I don't – one, I've never been in that situation ever, um, which is good. There's another guy. There's a – yeah, I've never been in a situation where I personally had that. I do know that there are – you know, some of them will go put judgments, you know, when they're not paid – what, you know, what do you do with that? Um, but those fall off after a year. So if you own or finance that and hold it for a year. Um, no, no, I told her that. I told her that. I was like, I was like, look, if you want to go to war with this contractor, but the thing is he's working on two of her properties. So he was going to, he was going to lean both of them. And I was like, he can't, he can't like, he can't do it. What, the, the waves you're going to create by fighting this guy is going to affect your timeline on your second property. What I would do is if I'm if I'm taking exception to him on the first property, I would just pay him off on the first property and stiff him on the second if I wanted to teach him a lesson. But but I'm not I'm not advocating you do that. I'm all I'm going to say is you don't have to be you know I, I I'm not looking at it. I don't know. You know. So you know, for me for me or, I I 
and here's here's another thing for all of you out there doing rehabs. Um, I don't put myself in that situation ever anyways. I pay for all materials up front. I don't pay any money until work is complete. And I go and I inspect the work. And if the work is shitty, you know, I might pay for what's good. And I'll say, all right, this is not good. I need this better. I'm not paying for this until it's right. And if you do it like that, you're, you're never behind, you know? And and people are always like, oh, I'm gonna, you know, um, this guy wants to be paid. I don't give a shit how much he's yelling. He gets paid when the work is done. So, you know, and that well, was that secret. What? There's, there's an echo. I think Pat has me. Oh, on. I'm but sorry. There's, there's, no, it's, it's Pat. Uh, oh, it's Pat. Anyways, there's, okay. there's a, the punch out list at the end is what we all know it's the hardest part to get complete because it's where, you know, that plug socket's crooked. I don't like that. Fix it. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a punch out list on a, on a high end Airbnb, absolutely essential that it's done right on a high end flip. Absolutely essential that it's done right on an owner finance in a shithole town. You could have sold that bitch day one. Like you could have sold it as I is. So, so just, just so you know, just so you know, going, going this, like we're talking about what I buy, you know, and this is a, this is a big thing that comes up. And especially I've got, I've got a couple investors who like down in like West Texas, I don't do business with anymore just because they weren't fixing up the properties at all. Um, and then they were saying that they were worth, you know, 200,000, a hundred thousand or something like that. And they're worth 50, you know, and, and their numbers. I like no, I, well, I, I, I know, but it's, you know, then they're upset with me. Like this one guy, I ended up running a BPO. He took, he took 15% down and the LTV on this note was 167%. And I'm like, and he's like, how much will you give me for that? And I go, nothing. But I'm like, good luck. You know, that's going to, that's going to oh, absolutely. Well, we don't, okay. Never mind. We don't, we don't oversell houses. We don't oversell houses. Yeah. No, you're not talking like, we about don't, oversell. We, we don't. You're no, talking about the owner financing something for 15 grand. Awesome. You know, but right. you know, for me, it's, you know, if that house is worth a hundred, you fucking sell it for a hundred, you know, otherwise, right. no, that's what we do. That's what otherwise we do. you're those new Western assholes who are just, you yeah, know, we don't, we screw like, investors over. The, we, we sell for fair market value. Um, it's like in Grosbeck, you can buy a house for 10,000. But you can't buy one on the market for ten thousand. You got a forty thousand minimum, right? Right. So it's like So it's you like, have to owner finance that. Yeah. Right, right. So I can buy one for ten and turn around and sell it for forty owner finance with good conscience because you can't I, I did a live on this the other day. You cannot go pull an appraisal, you can't do a broker's opinion or nothing because everything that sells on market, it sells for it's forty, fifty, sixty, a hundred thousand dollars. Everything that sells off market sells for ten. So even though people know that houses sell for ten, appraisers don't. Okay, and they right. don't never make it on MLS. So <clears throat> it's a funny situation where people look and say, you know, I, you know, you just bought this for ten thousand dollars. Why would I pay you forty? And I'm like, you're not paying me forty. You're paying me four hundred dollars a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're 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 buying you're buying a payment right now, and you're getting a tax deduction um, with your interest expense, and now you're a homeowner and that's it. Like, here's the American dream. Go fix it. You'll be always be able to sell it. You'll always be able to list it if you take care of it. If you don't take care of it, 
it's going to be this, a, a shithole for the rest of forever. It's going to be, it's going to be worth ten thousand dollars. Yeah, I'll come back and buy it from you for ten grand. You know. Yeah, for ten grand in in a few years. Yeah, no, absolutely. No, I, I know. I totally, I totally get it. It's, but you know, depending on where you're at, I mean, if I can't, that's another issue. I've had to, I've had to walk away from from notes just because I couldn't get a BPO on them. There was, there was nothing there. Or if they send me something, you know, the nearest retail comp is 20, 30 miles away. So, you know, stuff like that gets really, really hard. And I got to tell you the small dollar stuff for me, it's expensive. You know, at a hundred thousand dollars, it's kind of that break even point. Because for me, you know, when I'm buying notes, we buy it on a percentage of the unpaid principal balance. So if you've got, you know, but our costs are fixed. So like a closing cost, any closing costs or, you know, carrying costs, those are all fixed for me. So the cost for me to buy a $100,000 note is exactly the same for me to buy a $50,000 note. It's a, it's the same exact reason why small banks can't make loans. Frank it, Dodge got them out of, out, out of loans less than 50000 Well, it just costs, the, fees are the hassle factor is the same. The hassle factor is the same. Servicing is the same. You know, um, I've got, you know, I've got a team of people who work for me. There's somebody getting in your, somebody getting in your car. Oh, it's That's Astro Beast. He just, it's he just wants to see you. He don't never bother me this much when it's just me. He just wants to, he just wants to come in. A, and there's shit in the room. I don't want to clean it. He's, he's, he's upset that he's having to clean some shit out of a room. Oh, crap. Uh, is, is it dog crap or human yeah. crap? Hey, DJ, did you get ass herpes? Hey, did, yeah, did you catch any ass herpes? Did you get ass herpes from the golden toilet? I, I'm, I'm assuming there were no uh, toilet There's, seat covers in there. Jacob, Jacob's going to get a broom? Yeah, so I can clean it. It's a roughneck party over there. It's a roughneck party in Coleman, Texas. <laughs> Coleman, hey, Texas. We're in Fort what? Worth today, man. Oh, we're, Fort we're, Worth. We're highfalutin'. It's a highfalutin going to Fort Worth on a Tuesday. <laughs> at a mobile home park, at a mobile home park, where DJ's already found one heroin needle. Oh, man. It's, at least the neighbors stopped in for the, for the podcast. Hey, my pleasure. Uh, but, so, back to the, the topic at hand. Do you want to see if you can teach DJ what BPO is? Ooh, BPO. So, oh. DJ... There's there's two ways to get a value on a property, an official value. One is a full appraisal. DJ, you know what that is? You know what a full appraisal what, of a property is? What's an appraisal, DJ? Speak up loud so the people can hear you. Whenever you uh, go to the property, you look at it, it looks good, so you appraise the value. Okay. So that would that would be a no. But that would be a no, but it's a good thing. Um, all right. So what's a BPO? A BPO is where you have usually a broker or a realtor, someone of importance or an appraiser, they will drive by the property, right? And then they will research it on the internet. That's the method exciting. Yeah. What? She's oh. coming. Oh, up there. Is, what are we looking going. at there? Is that, is that like a playground? That's crystal methany. Crystal methany. <laughs> oh, no. She looks like she's walking to uh is she not walking to the train station or uh there's no trains around here, but she's got a mohawk that is wicked. That's a ten on Cruise uh, List. Uh, she's a solid seven. I mean <laughs> she's at least seven beers. At least. 
seven, seven, seven beers. beers. <laughs> yeah, it would take it would take seven beers. But back to BPO. We're we're, we're hey, let's get yeah, back to the BPO. Let's get back to BPO. I call up a company, they send out an appraiser, and then the appraiser looks on the internet to see what houses have sold for. And then he gives me an average of that sales price and tells me what my property is worth. It's more official than, say, you know, Corey getting on there going, yeah, I think the house is worth this. It's somebody who does it for a living. Right. And so, and now, since do you do you understand why you were wrong on appraisal and what an appraisal was, DJ? An appraiser isn't a licensed person, a licensed appraiser. That's all they do is appraise houses. They go and tell us what they're worth. And in a single-family resident like this one and this one, they're going to go buy sales comps in the area. On our mobile home park here, it'll go off of income. We'll go over this later, DJ. We're going to have DJ trained up. He's He's got one more well, semester possible. Well, he's still got senior prom in between him and real life. I mean. <laughs> and real life. <laughs> like. When life gets hard and then you're sad. <laughs> that's good <laughs> because we're like we're so sad this is our tuesday this is our regular tuesday <laughs> hanging yeah, out shooting the shit over real estate so um why do i get bpos though dj yeah. most DJ, important thing is i need equity in a property or in a note i need to know that i don't pay too much for that note so i need a minimum of 20 percent equity in every what's note that equity, I buy. DJ? dj what's equity yeah. I know what it is. I can't explain it though. DJ, this is why you have ass herpes right now. <laughs> <laughs> this is no, it's because Corey Thompson bought it. Oh, no. You came over here asking if the water was on. Toilet paper <laughs> should be your number one concern when, when going when to shit in a strange I, place. I, I'm so going to go back on the record and say toilet paper is not the number one concern. <laughs> We we were just at Home Depot. We should have got lost all. We should have anticipated. We should have looked ahead and knew yeah. that we were going to have to share. Of course, yeah. we should have let him go to his sweet mother-in-law's house across the street here. She's got, she's got two daughters. The first time we were over here, they were all wore out. No, they, this is bullcrap. No, this is what happened. This is what happened. They were all wore out. And and the sweet neighbor across the street came over, and she's like, hey, can y'all pick up these trees? And we had our dump trailer here. We're picking up trash, you know. And her daughters come out, and they're like, what, how old are they? I don't 17 know. 17 and 14. 17 and 14. And we had a whole bunch of high school boys. And all of a sudden, they went from tired to, I can throw trees around. Like, <laughs> their chest out. Like, I'm like, hey, you think you can get them to sit on the porch the whole time we're here from now on? Like, they're just showing out now. They're just... We're from Grosbeck. We're strong. So we have an actual question in the comments. Someone wants to know more about comps from income. Comps from from income. Income. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah, like for your asset asset base. I'll take that. So NOI did a video in Rubneck Real Estate um, telling you what NOI is. Net net operating income is what NOI is. So I'm sitting at a mobile home park right here. I have to pay... I have to pay the water. I have to pay property taxes. I have to pay um, somebody to mow the place. I have to pay all that. That's coming off of my net operating income. <clears throat> Basically, every appraisal I've seen is in between 35 and 40% is what they give you for expenses. Whoa. 
There goes Chris messing me. So anyway, it's between 35 and 40% is expenses. So let's say a property makes $100,000 a year. You're only going to get credit for 60000 of that on an appraisal. No matter if your expenses are only 20%, they're still going to put it in your management fees, all this stuff, because they want to know what their installation is if the bank takes over. They want Because the bank's going to have to pay manager. The bank's going to have to put their price in. They're, they're going to put 3% in for CapEx. They got all these weird charges that show up in the appraisal. So now you're only getting credit for $60,000 worth of income, okay? That $60,000 worth of income at a five cap is makes it worth $1.2 million. Is that right? Somebody check my math. No. No, it's worth that. No, no, no. <laughs> $60,000, yes, $1.2 million. Um, at a 10 cap, it'll be 600000 At a 20 cap, it'll be worth 300000 I think that's right. I don't know. I'm not doing any math. Y'all got my calculator um, for my deal. But that's how they base it. So the way that it works, hold on. Y'all, be, y'all, y'all talk okay. about that in a second so I don't lose my train of thought. So the appraisal will come in and say mobile home parks in the area or mobile home parks in the state or mobile home parks in this condition have sold at a 10 cap before. So this property will be at a 10 cap, or they'll come in and say that it's at a 20 cap. They then take that NOI of 60,000, and you divide it by, by you know, if it's 10, you divide it by 0.1. If it's 20, you divide it by 0.2, and that tells you what the property's worth. It's a lot of information coming really fast. You'll have to rewind that. Maybe Pat Hilton can cut it out into a sound box, make it small for y'all. And the math might not be right because y'all have my fucking calculator, so... That is the difference between income and sales comp approach. So, where so here's here's the thing though, you know, when I was buying rental properties way back when a time like back before, and and I'm not talking about Airbnbs because Airbnbs just, you know, the money that you make from an Airbnb is about three times what you make, you know, from regular rent. Um, but basically, if I was going in and it was going to bring me a thousand dollars worth of rent, I knew that I was going, you know, that was like an $80,000 property. Now, because especially around Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, supply is so low. So now it's about par. So if you've got a thousand dollars worth of rent, you know that it's about a hundred thousand dollar property. So take your thousand dollars, multiply a hundred. And that's a rough, that is a rough estimate. That's on what you're going to get for a valuation method. On, on single family. And, and but me, I bought. I, I yeah, but you're talking about mobile homes, you know, right, absolutely. Well, I, I use a 2% rule on buying all my rentals. So the reason why is because of the access to the debt. You asked earlier how much interest we pay. The numbers don't work for us with the debt that we have if we don't get it at 2%. They just don't cash flow. So if, if I'm paying, now if I got that good 30-year AM, 4% interest loan, yeah, I can buy a 1% deal. But sure. with the with the with the debt I have access to, I need a two percent deal. And, and there's some things about rentals that you need to know. On a rental property, Eddie Gant told me this early on. He's like, "Look, this is somebody else buying you an asset. Don't expect to make money at it. This is just somebody else buying you an asset. This is a twenty year plan. This is a thirty year plan. You're I, hoping that rents go up." I honestly, I'm I'm a big believer in that um, because after I after I owner financed every single one of mine. So like I had you know the sixty one doors. And I had data like on every single one of those. What were my maintenance costs? What was what was my make ready? What was my vacancy rate? Um, was there vandalism? Was there theft? And I had all of that. And so I was able to add that all up year over year and see 
what my actual profit was compared to notes, I make so much more money with notes than I do with rentals. And the reason maintenance, having people come out, um, you know, it's, it, what, what do you really get with rental properties? Yeah, you're, you're paying that thing off for 20 or 30 years and you're going for appreciation. And that's about all you're going for. You are working for that thing for 20 or 30 years. Right. And and that's and the other thing is though the difference between notes and rentals for me is I can raise my rent with inflation. Your notes True. are locked in. So what what I'm looking at from a dynamic of my debts being paid down on an income approach. What what I just explained, my income's going up. So I'm adding equity every year that I get to raise rent. Okay, but I'm paying down debt. So I've got this I've got this graph where the two numbers are moving away from each other now. If I'm going to come back and re-leverage and, and pull equity and re-leverage and pull equity, then I'm on a treadmill that I probably don't need to be on. I don't – me personally, whenever I pull equity out of a property, like the one we're doing in West Texas, we're pulling equity from it, it's going directly into another property that's going to double our equity in the company. Does that make right. sense? Like, yeah. like I'm, put, I'm putting 300000 in that I'm going to immediately get back out whenever I refinance, but I'm putting $800,000 on my books. So – Basically, quarter one of next year, we should have about a million in the bank liquid, and we will be very lendable because we'll only have about $3 million worth of debt. A million liquid, $3 million worth of debt, and now we're about to start really buying some shit because we've already learned all of our hard lessons this year, the, the mobile home park that I'm sitting at everything else. So like I told the banks when we were talking to them, this is the worst you'll ever see our P&L look ever because all of our mistakes are in there. We've paid for all those mistakes this year. Next right. year, we're going to be more efficient. I'm not saying we're not going to make mistakes. We're going to be more efficient. We're going to cut back on that. We're building systems. We're building teams. We're doing all this stuff. And you have to. And, you know, you have to really, it's so important to document every step of the way on every project. Because if you can't go back and go, all right, what worked here, what didn't work, uh, you will never get better. You know, if it's a shot in the dark and go, yeah, I think we actually did pretty well on that. But when you sit down and do the numbers and you're like, wow, I, we actually didn't do as well as what I thought, and this totally screwed us, um, made made these mistakes here, how do we change? How do we get better? So, yeah, no, it's very important to do that. Um, and I did that at the end of last year, and that's where I figured out, you know, I just created a spreadsheet, and I looked at all of my cost estimations on, you know, closing those lower balance loans because I noticed, I'm like, Jesus Christ, I lost money on two last year just because they were so small. Well, dang, my note that I want to tell you is small. So. How small is small? Uh, yeah, you'd be paying 50000 or whatever. I don't know. I don't know. I, don't, I think it's bad. I'll look, at, I'll look at it anyway, you know, especially if you've got an underlying lien on there. I tell everybody, get rid of that stuff. So it's right. underlying, I mean, if it's free and clear and you've got it at 40, 50 grand, hold on to it. You know, there's no, there's right. no point selling it. And taking, you know, taking less. But if you can get rid of an underlying lien, absolutely sell that stuff and sell it quick because interest rates are on the rise. And once you've, once we go into this downturn, who knows what, you know, the note market's going to look like, you know, and as I said, you know, we never, you know, I sell to Wall Street. So mortgage-backed securities, that never ended. That didn't end for even for a day or a minute in 08. That kept right on track. And so 
you know, for me, do I think it's going to end? No. But do I know exactly what it's going to look like either? No. <laughs> so am I going to, is there going to be a slow up? Are all of my buyers still going to be there? You know, my buyers could, could evaporate. So again, you know, I'll find new ones, but. This is, this is, you know, I, I wish, I wish we had talked less about crystal methany and more about finding private money and stuff like that. Cause I think that's a good episode for somewhere down the road. Um, yeah. Because we both found it in two different ways, probably. I'm oh, assuming. I'm sure. Yeah, we can like, we can pick this up up in the future and just yeah, you can I, sit in an office and you know look all professional. Yeah. We can talk about how we got private money. I yeah, don't know. Or do you or do you go in with your motherfucker of trailer parks hat on when you go uh, ask I for a loan? <laughs> I, I, I want to see I this episode with you in a suit like Brad Lee dropping bombs. Dude, I'm, I'm like, 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 go in. I, I actually wear this hat everywhere because, you know, the great thing about me is the people behind me look really good. You know what I mean? Like, like my partner that just pulled up that's getting DJ a broom. He shows up all dressed, down, yeah. whatever. And they're like, okay, so what do we do about crystal methane? And they're like, oh, you want to see what we do about that? Like, Corey, step right up, start talking. I'm like, I'll oh, fuck her up. Look, we go out here, snatch her up, fucking nasty ass weave. Like, uh, that's my role in this company. But, Everybody wants to know that you can do the work that you're you're saying you can do. Now, granted, do I know the numbers and all that kind of stuff? A little bit, but I, it it looks way we look way better on paper with those guys because they they are really the backbone of what works. I'm just the engine that makes it run. If that makes sense, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and and they, I'm not I'm not even gonna lie. I think bankers like my energy. I think they're like dudes. I feel like this guy's gonna make some shit happen. Let's just give him a chance and watch the show. Like if nothing else, it'll be good entertainment. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm sure that's what bankers are saying. They're like, God, yeah, this guy is gonna be fun to watch. Let's give him half a million dollars. <laughs> I don't. I can't explain it any other way. Like, I mean, look, look, we we went down and met with a banker a couple of weeks ago, and we had all of it was me and the and another partner, and so we have all of our stuff together, and. He's a like this banker is awesome, but as soon as he figured out that we have like that I do this podcast and all that stuff, like I like he was wanting to talk about it. And I'm like, oh man, do I want him to run across this? You know what I mean? No. Like, that girl, girl. <laughs> the but, answer is no. No, you don't. It's like, look, we're, I, I'm not. I would rather see somebody out in a old Ford pickup picking up trash from the property than I had go buy a Lambo. If I'm loaning that person money, that's so okay. Sweet. Okay, whoa, 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 whoa. That I do believe, and that's why I like you and why I agreed to come on this thing because I'm, that's the one thing I hate. It's uh, it's the guy that goes and rents a Lambo for the day or goes to the airport, you know, and has his buddy let him in, like you know, to stand in front of a pirate, private plane that he's probably loading luggage onto. Let's be honest, when the camera stops rolling, right. and he's like, oh yeah, look at check out my private plane. Look at me, I'm so awesome. And he's never done a real estate deal in his life. You know, those guys, you know, I don't, I don't trust those guys at all. Anytime I see oh, anything no. like that, you know, and they've got their cars on there. I'm like, yeah, that's a freaking lease. Anybody can go lease a car for well, a day. We all, know, we all know how these margins are. You know what I mean? Like we know, we know how hard it is to scale. We know what the margins are. We know how many deals it takes. We know what your deal flow has to be like. We know how contractors are fucking thieves. You know what I mean? We know contractors are calling us thieves. Like we know the battle that's fought out here in the fucking trenches every day. So 
if you're fighting that battle and you go make $100,000, which we're probably going to do in the next couple of days, we're probably going to hit a big-ass lick like that. You work so fucking hard to get it. The only thing you want to do is grow it. You don't want to blow it. Like, it's not like, I don't want to go buy a boat with this hundred grand. I want to park it somewhere and let it grow where it's safe, and it's going to pay me every month. Because now it's like, do I don't necessarily have to work as hard as I used to. You know what I mean? Whenever I was doing bandit signs every weekend and doing everything that I had to do when we were being scrappy. But at the same time, it's like, Look, I know exactly what that's like. I know what that's like starting out. I know what it's like to only have $500 to do marketing. I know what it's like to feel like you're fucking failing around every deal because you had three deals under contract and the title was fucked up on all of them. Now you don't get a payday, and that was your entire pipeline. You know what I mean? So now you got to right. figure out how to pay bills for the next three months. So when when I look when I look at, at, at those guys that are doing it, I think one or two things. Either one, they already had a lot of money to start with, and real estate's kind of a hobby, which ain't nothing wrong with that. Or two, they're not doing anything other than trying to sell you a fucking course because they know there's mo- more quick money in courses than there is out here grinding out, learning from your business. And that is that's right. And that's the, that's the reason I'm like, everybody's like, are you going to write a book? Are you going to have a course? Do you want a men- you, do you want a mentor? No, 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 I don't. I'm Because I'm, I'm like, I'm an actual investor. I have a company. I'm too freaking busy, you know, buying and selling notes to, you know, have somebody that I'm, you know, going to mentor on, on that right. or to well, have a class to teach like an official class to teach people. I'm like, I don't have that kind of time, you know, I, and I wouldn't want that responsibility. I finally came out with a program. I finally came out with a program. It's real simple, real simple program. If you want to meet a mentor, you pay a hundred thousand dollars, you get first lean position or in a lean position. Okay. And now you're a lender on this deal, and I'm going to tell you all about it the whole time, and we're going to both go make money. And you're going to get your $100,000 back, and you're going to get a little bit of Corey Thompson mentoring. Just don't expect to get much out of it other than you just need to go do the fucking work. You need to get off your ass and on your feet. And that is, and that's the number one thing. I'm like, I'm, I'm like, until somebody, you know, really shows up and goes, okay, well, this is, you know, I need to do blah, blah, blah. I go, all right, this is what I want you to do. Here's a realtor. Here's a wholesaler. Here's somebody. Go buy a piece of property, any piece of property. Go put something under contract, you know, and then let's go make money with it. I'm like, I will absolutely talk you through it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to do hundred percent of the work. I'm like, I'm surely not going to do that. But until somebody actually gets off the couch and goes and does something, I'm like, no, uh, right. you know, I've seen enough. I've in the last 15 years, I've seen enough tire kickers, which is, you know, it's 95% of somebody who shows up to a real estate investing, you know, networking thing or educational thing. I'm like 95% of those people will never do a single real estate deal. Right. I I know them even better than that. They pay 40 grand and then they never do a deal. Oh, oh, I I don't even know. And that one just breaks my heart. I'm like, oh my God, why would you pay 40 grand to somebody? Go buy, let's just go buy a house. I'm like, well, 40 grand, hell, you could buy a couple. Yeah, and then and you could lose you you even if you put forty grand into real estate, it's really hard to lose forty grand in real estate. It like, is. Like, how did you get that to zero? That is amazing. You have talent. <laughs> like that. I mean, it should still be worth something. Like, what is right. your secret? You know what I mean? Like, right. this, I I want to be able to fuck something up that bad. I, I just do, but <laughs> that it's it's. It's a weird dynamic on all of this. Pat, we got any more questions? Or any, is anybody watching? Does anybody care? Have we lost them all? 
No, no, no. Uh, no, we still got about 15 viewers. Uh, we got about 117 thumbs up and uh, not many questions. People are probably just enjoying Kristen's good looks and your rants. <laughs> Mainly. <laughs> yeah, no, I... But yeah, good information. There was that's a lot of likes there. There was a lot of right. likes up of that one. Um, but that's why we had you on is because you're someone that actually does deals. Like we even have some we had what Spencer on the other day, and he's only done a couple deals, but like he's not out spending money to try and learn. He's buying pieces of property and then learning as he goes. He even remember and he said he lived in that one property that he bought. Cleaned it up and then flipped it or whatever. I mean, he bought, right? He bought his first flip on an FHA loan and used credit cards to do the rehab and lived in it while he was rehabbing it himself. It's and brilliant. made money. I mean, and he made money was, off the deal. Eight, eight, eight months in the business. How else are you going to do it? People are talking about it. Like, even if even if you lose money on that deal, what you learn from it is more valuable than the 40,000 you're gonna pay a guru. Oh, absolutely. And I mean, you just give $40,000 to somebody and I've heard stories about it where they're like, well, you know, they gave me a manual and told me to go read it. And then, you know, then they weren't really around. I'm like, yeah, no shit, you gave them 40 grand. I'm like, good job, you know, <laughs> up front. I'm like, I don't, again, as I said, I don't, I don't pay anybody up front for anything. Right. You know, what do, right. what are we getting? I want my service. And then you get paid. So, um, but no, yeah, I'm out there. I'm out there building up, you know, my Airbnb, pro, you know, portfolio. I, I'd like to have, you know, 15 to 20 of these pretty soon. That's I, I cool. Have to have, yeah. How are the expenses How on the cleaning and stuff like that? Like, it seems like, you know, I, and I'm not saying that, that the tenants are bad or whatever, but it seems like there would be a little bit higher maintenance costs, especially the cleaning fees and stuff like that. So the so cleaning you fees, you can, rent. right. So you can, you can so pass you can that on to the renter. Fee. Yeah. Right? No, 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 yeah. No, you pass it on. So like I have a $40 cleaning fee. Um, what I'm finding is the problem are doing like the laundry, the sheets and everything like that, because that's more expensive to get done. So I lose a little bit on cleaning fees, but not much. Um, you know, you at, like a turndown service that comes and does that, like comes in and just changes the sheets. They they own the sheets, so basically no, you're just leaking them. No, 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 no. I have a guy, so I've I've got a guy set up. It's probably going to end up that like I'm paying. I'm probably going to move towards paying him, and he's going to wash sheets and stuff like that. But I probably got to move more towards having him on an hourly rate, so that yeah, he can come yeah. in wash everything, you know, get it in the dryer, get it dried. Um, again, you know, do a speed wash of like, you know, 22, 25 minutes or something like that, then dry it while he's there cleaning everything else, you know, uh, so he's on site maybe an hour. Um, right. I have one guy, he's got a couple people that he does it with and he's 30 bucks. That's awesome. So, but I, you know, what I want to do is have somebody more on salary, but I just need more of them, you know? So with these three, that'll be four. I'd love to find, I'd love to hurry up and get these, these three done here in the next, you know, two, three weeks, um, no, get them up and running and then buy another couple more at the end of the year. So the furniture is an extra maintenance cost in those two, but the, 
this is something that I'm wondering myself because I don't know because all of our mobile homes and pay kits are furnished. Yeah. Is is that going to show up on our fucking inventory tax? Are we going to end up having to pay the county for taxes on our fucking furniture? You know because, what? I don't know because I mean, uh, are you? Do I do I have it as an asset? Um, I'll find out from my accountant how she's you, how she's setting I mean, it up. I'm, I'm wondering about it too because the only reason I asked is when I was out there with the appraiser. You know, they're like, oh, y'all own, own the furniture, too. Like, yeah, like, what did it cost for you to furnish? We only furnished one because the manager was living there. And so, like, yeah, we, we spent $11,000 furnishing it, which was bullshit. But anyways, I was like, well, I think it was eleven grand. You know what I mean? Because I was wanting to get that. I was going to say, I'm like, and, you spent eleven so, grand furnishing a mobile home? Are you insane? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't say anything, but these are oil-filled hands. They got Texas oil money. They're coming in there. You got fancy Airbnbs. We got fancy Airbnbs. Yeah, 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 obviously. But, but, a hot tub you know, time machine. The, the there. It's, it's like, I, I don't know, because we, we don't do weekly rentals anymore, or nightly rentals, so I don't think we have any dealings with the comptroller, so I don't, I'm not sure about that inventory. Like, But it's really, it, the only reason I know that stuff exists is because of going through the tax auction and being able to buy somebody's fucking inventory from their from their fucking towing shop and you're like what is this shit and they're like that um, yeah but is that i mean is that a couch i mean you're talking about shit that if somebody foreclosed on it or took it back it'd be sitting out at the curb you know it would <laughs> i mean or it would be like me selling that shit on facebook marketplace now, right uh, i mean cost segregation cost segregation for you is going to be huge because, like, right now, if you get to depreciate, and this, I don't know, Alan came on here and was explaining it to me. All so that personal property. You depreciate stuff there, like carpet, to... appliances. And I don't I, I don't put carpet in remodels when I don't have to. Um, like, like, mine are wall to wall porcelain floors, but, you know. But you can rapidly depreciate that furniture, too. Oh, I imagine. I would but hope like, so. Get a cost segregation. Reach out to Alan and get a cost segregation because you can get all like 95% of your depreciation in the next seven years. You can actually go back and get it from last year, too. I don't understand any of that, but I'm just going to plug him because he came on here. Um, and, you know, he was telling He was good. Property. He was, I mean, he was up here. He was really good. All right. But, he, he, you know, I wanted him to talk about, like, can I deduct, like, strip to the... Uh, trips to the strip club and stuff. He wouldn't go into that with me too much. So like, actually, uh, would you like the answer? The answer is no. The answer is no. <laughs> I asked about that. Um, entertainment is gone. Now, unless you have dinner at the strip club, because Ooh. if a meal is involved, then it is a complete tax. Now you know where to ask Kristen out to dinner at, Corey. <laughs> <laughs> there it is. So, Beans yeah, spilled. If there is food provided, the strip club would be. Now, how do you how do you get a receipt for that, you know, twenty, forty dollar lap dance that you just paid in cash and all of those two dollar bills? If you go up there and you're making it rain, I don't think you can go up to Crystal. Yeah, just use the card and the Miss Crystal. Crystal, hey, babe. Can I get a receipt for, for the, uh, you know, those uh, For the ass herpes you just gave me? I went into a strip club one time with $11,000 in, in 100s and gave it to them and said, here, give it to me back in one. Now, when you get $11,000 in ones from the bank, it's nice. Chris, oh, wrap. God. 
stripper ones, stripper ones turn oh. into like a castle. Like eleven thousand dollars in stripper ones, well, you can literally. Corey, it's like you can't. See Corey, do you know what I'm getting you for Christmas? I'm already decided. You need like like um, a complete medi pack of like steroid shots, and you just need to be like. Just start dosing yourself. You're going in there. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, your your castle of like stripper ones, like eleven thousand dollars in stripper ones. Oh my god, Just, that's funny. It's gonna be like shot steroid shots and cans of Lysol, and you're just gonna like just douse yourself. Just anytime you get into your car. Yeah. I can't imagine what's crawling all over that. The truck looks nice too. I gotta be honest. You know, from what I can see in it, it's all clean and stuff. I'm like, I bet you got. There's some stuff rolling over those seats. I bet if we took a black light to that, you'd be like, holy. <laughs> <laughs> all right, it's all right. Oh my gosh. Look, the the number one rule of of stripper sex is this. There's there's two rules. Wait, one, stripper sex. This is number one rule of like when uh, you're having sex with a stripper. First rule number one rule is don't have sex with strippers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Look, number one rule, pee afterwards. Number two rule, dump mouthwash, like rinse off a mouthwash. Like you, know, you got to get all <laughs> all the regions. Look, this is the Roughneck Real Estate Podcast. That's from the Roughneck section. They know what I'm talking about. Like right now, they're like, dude, that is. Dude, that is so true. When I go home with a stripper, good info, bro. Good info. Definitely good gonna invest info. with I you. Sure, and I just rub <laughs> off the top of that mouthwash. That's why Corey's my we guy. Don't, don't don't go don't go cheap. Don't get the generic shit. Get actual Listerine. Like you know how it burns in your mouth. If it burns <sighs> when it's south, yeah, woo, it's no go. It's time to go yeah. to the clinic. That and a body condom. A body condom. Body glove needs to license that. Like the surfer outfits they sell out here in California. They need body condoms. Right. You can just dive right in there. I'm not sure people will hang with the way, By the way, I am... I am uber popular in strip clubs. I'm way more popular than you will ever be in a strip club. Well, yeah. Oh, no doubt. Because now I'm cheap. I don't even go in there. I'm like, I ain't spending no money. It, like, <laughs> the only thing I'm doing when I'm in the strip club is just saying obscene things and seeing what kind of answers I can get. Like, how much for a fart in a mouth? Like, what's that? Good like? God. Ew. Ew. It's like... like, what do we do? This is where Corey now goes at my reaction. Was that... Was that over the line? Right. Did, did we just did we just meet to something? Is this is this what happened? Wow. My bad. I'm sorry. Well, it's been a great <laughs> show, guys. It's been a great show. Kristen, thank you for coming on. I do think thank we you. should reconnect on that. Uh, on the, uh, private lending and having a whole conversation about yes. like, like serious stuff and like fart in the mouth from like some random ass stripper. So yeah. <laughs> she's not random. She's crystal method. Like, we know her. We know oh, her. Any stripper that'll fart your mouth for three dollars is uh, super, has superpowers. <laughs> like, that's nice. That's like, someone, yeah. That's the gift that keeps on giving all year long. DJ, G, D, DJ's looking a little tired back there. I think you know. Little. <laughs> his sugar <laughs> rush faded yeah, off. His like, sugar rush faded. Over. You gotta go get him a steroid shot real fast. <laughs> yeah, get the medipack out. <laughs>
Oh, oh man. Poor Jacob showed back up with a broom. He's probably over there sweeping shit. It's like, <laughs> we got a kid around here. We're paying to do something. He's just hanging out in my back. He's drinking soda in the backseat of your fucking truck. <laughs> oh, man. Awesome. Well, we will uh, connect soon. Thank you so much. Make sure to uh, add Thanks. Kristen on Facebook and follow Capricorn Mortgage. She's got all the deals you need in the high end level. And if you want to fix up a shitter house, give Corey a call. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll see you guys next time. Thanks, He's the motherfucker. Thanks for having me. We'll see you guys next time.